0: we've got some insights from fall camp week two and then can the badgers beat the gophers again or will the gophers keep the axe for three straight years hey, you no are locked happens, on golden gophers no matter what we're gonna do here we're just gonna keep rowing your daily podcast on the minnesota uh, it golden turns out, gophers it turns out we're just gonna keep rowing part of the locked on podcast network your team every day we're just gonna keep rowing keep rowing and keep rowing You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. No, yesterday I was at Gophers practice, a media practice only, and there were a lot of improvements to talk about. We're going to dive into a lot of those insights right here first thing, but we also have to talk about our final behind the enemy lines, breaking down the Gophers opponents and the changes that they had in the offseason. Today is the Wisconsin Badgers. And Last time I talked about Badgers, the fans were in a tizzy in the comments on YouTube and all over Twitter, so we'll see if that happens again. But before we jump in, the, this these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free, and you can post about your job free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Now, let's talk about what happened with yesterday's practice. Now, when you're looking at the practice overall, the Gophers put a lot more offensively on the field than what we saw on Saturday's practice, where it was open to the public, open to the Big Ten Network, and open to the media. The media-only practice, we saw a lot more flashes and some key insights that included seeing a lot more of Tyler Cooper at the left guard and J.J. Gaudet at the right tackle, playing a healthy amount of snaps with the ones. But that wasn't it. The Gophers had some experimenting on that offensive line as well where we saw Martez Lewis come into the right guard position and they kicked Quinn Carroll back outside to the right tackle. So it seems like they're still playing with a number of different combinations that could work on that offensive line. Now, on top of that, I think Cade McConnell and Greg Johnson both are impressing on that offensive line, not only with the other players, but with the coaches as well. So it will be fun to see how they continue to progress over the fall camp <clears throat> heading into the 2023 season. Now, though their time was mainly with the twos, they had still been impressing in playing quite a few snaps on that offensive line. Now, when you're looking at wide receiver There were a lot of rotations on the day when it came to the practice yesterday. On top of that, we saw the wide receivers intermingled on a lot of the different positions off of the line. We saw Brockington in the slot at times, Jackson in the slot at times, Kroom. Kroom's playing outside. Sean Tyler would be motioned out of the backfield into the outside wide receiver position playing in a spread motion. There are lots of unique pairings, lots of different ways that Maybe the Gophers can keep the defenses on their heels. A lot of quick route concepts were happening throughout the practice. Route trees were a lot more diverse than what we saw on Saturday. And on top of that, a lot more play action, a lot more rollouts, just a lot more than the bland vanilla that we saw at the fan practice on Saturday. So don't think what you saw on Saturday was the real deal because like i said with big 10 network there coach fleck was likely not to put anything real on the field because he gets really particular about not showing anything to the offense for the opponent to break down when it comes to the early parts of the season now can staying on that wide receiver note, like i said the the pace was faster, the the quick tempo, up-tempo, their quick developing routes, and that could be advantageous for the Gophers in certain matchups, keeping fresh legs on the field at the wide receiver position with the depth that they have, for, and that could be still lead to heavy routes for Chris Atman-Bell, Daniel Jackson, Corey Crooms, Elijah Spencer, and Lamecky Brockington, who have all been getting a ton of work with the ones rotating in and out. Plus, you add Brevin Spanford to that, and you're sprinkling in routes for Kenrick Lanier, who has been impressing, Christian Hoskins, who has been in and out of there as well, Dino caliak Manis gets some routes out there every once in a while as well. You got some depth in the wide receiver room, so I am curious to see how they really work that out when it comes to the field and the actual first opponent in Nebraska Cornhuskers on Thursday, August 31st. Now, Ethan kallik looked a lot sharper. He was slinging the ball around. He had two long touchdowns in the team periods, including a 50-ish yard touchdown to pass to Brockington, uh, who had Justin Wally beat by a country mile. Absolutely perfect touchdown, which actually was on a drive that spanned the whole field. They started in their own end zone. They played it live. So if you go three and out, you're punting the ball, and that's that's the wrap for today. Well, they didn't go three and out. They drove the field. They completed two third downs, I believe. And then they had the Lamecki Brockington 50-yard touchdown after completing the third down to Brevin Spanford across the middle on a slant route. Speaking of Brevin Spanford, Brevin Spanford and Ethan Kalikmanis, the connection is really syncing up. You love to see it. I said on Twitter yesterday that he, this man should see a minimum of five targets every game. Five targets every game. Now, of course, I've still got the whiny fans every once in a while that are like, "Oh, same old PJ. If he only gets five targets, you you want this offense to be boring?" But let's do the math here real quick. Five targets per game. If you give him just the full season of 12 games at five targets, that's 60 targets. Last year, 60 targets would have been in the top 15 in tight ends across the nation. Now I said minimum. So sprinkle in a few more of the games where he gets above that minimum. You're talking about 70 to 72 targets on the season. That puts him as a top eight tight end in targets. And that's like Okay, top eight at tight end, well, he's a top three, so why isn't he getting more? Well, let's think about what I just said. Daniel Jackson, Chris Ottman-Bell, Lamecky Brockington, Elijah Spencer, Corey Crumes. That's five very capable wide receivers on top of that that will see targets. So let's slow the roll a little bit, quit complaining on Twitter, and get back to witnessing what is changing with the team. That's all i got to say on that front, but I like the connection that I'm seeing between Calic McManus and – Brevin Spanford, 8-88 to sounds like a good combination to me. Now, throughout the practice, there were some miscommunications on the offense today and a lack of urgency at times by players, and P.J. Fleck was not having it. But we will get back to that. So – Young guys that flashed throughout the practice. Kenrick Lanier saw a healthy amount of reps with the twos, occasional reps with the ones. He stood out. He looks solid. He looks more and more comfortable each time that I get to see this Gophers team practice in the fall. On top of that, Danielle new got some run with the twos this this. Practice And that was good to see improvements as well. He, along with some rofer periods where he got to get some looks. Now he had a catch where he absolutely went up and mossed the DB and the team went wild. So it was good to see those flashes of potential from new K's. Now, defensive back versatility and the rotations were very present and there is two. Uh, There were times where Tyler Bride was playing in the slot, and then Darius Green rotated down into press coverage. There were also times where uh, Trayvon Jones was with those two in the pairings out on the outside and Justin Wally on the other side, and Bride had an interception on Cole Kramer today that was really nice, but we're going to get back to what I was saying about the lack of urgency, because both Kramer and Kelly McManus were urged by Coach Fleck to pick up the urgency players were out there at times who weren't sure what the play was and just kind of guessing and he was not having it and you know what there were miscommunications on motions fleck was on his no bs level for all of this especially with the lack of urgency and you know what even once he was saying and i'm slightly paraphrasing so don't take this straight to heart Now, Flex said something like, I don't know if you've heard of me. Maybe you need to Google me or ask Andy Greeter, the Pioneer Press, but I don't tolerate that. Speaking to the lackadaisical effort by the twos that was coming out of a huddle. Now, I am sure the Wisconsin fans that are listening to the later segments or waiting for the later segments will say something about his ego or things like that. But I actually really appreciated him coming out and coming in hard and strong on that moment because here's why. Week one. Of fall camp is over. That was the learning period. That was the time where you get to kind of go slow. But if you're running with the ones and twos, week two is the time where you really got to kick it into gear. Everything needs to start clicking before you get into more preparation for the season. So it's not learning time anymore, it's go time. And good is not good enough. There is a game in less than 25 days, and every single snap and rep till then counts. So there will be a lot more insight here in week two, and our next opportunity for media and fans alike will be August 15th at 3.30 p.m. I hope to see y'all there, but now it's time for our final Behind Enemy Lines with one of the best rivalries in the country. Now, like I said, the last time I talked, the Badger fans were absolutely hating me, so we'll see if it happens again or if the insights will hold true, and there will be some truth to them. We'll find out in the comments coming up next. First, let's talk to you about our friends over at Bird Dog. Now, they've got that stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer and look good through the thighs and the legs, giving you that truly sculpted look. Now, it's okay to feel good about your legs looking good. I take pride in it. But with the Bird Dog shorts, they are nice. They're stretchy. They feel comfortable. They're they versatile. You can wear them out to the bar with your friends. You can wear them to the pool, and they have quick drying fabric. On top of that, you could wear them to the beach, to the office, and so much more. Playing golf, I wear them to golfing all the time. But you know what? They also have the joggers. And I'm going to tell you right now the joggers are next level mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. And they have anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college and you'll get a free white tech. Hat with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on college and you'll get a free white tech hat and who doesn't like free things like i always say if it's free it's me so head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college today march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast All right, go for a second. So we're talking about the Wisconsin Badgers today, and we're going to dive in with the offseason changes. So lots of changes for the Badgers on the coaching front. Head coach Luke Fickle in his first season, the only G5 head coach in the last however many years since the college football playoff has kicked off. I think 2014 was the first year the only G5 coach to make the college football playoff. That speaks for itself. When the fire hire first happened, I absolutely hated it because – I was thinking to myself, oh, that is a fantastic hire, and I don't like to say that when we're talking about the rivals in the Wisconsin Badgers. So long term, I do think that this hire will be great for Wisconsin, but I've also talked about the jump from G5 to P5 in a year, in year one hasn't produced very many nine plus win seasons. In fact, the only one that really stands out is the outlier of Sonny Dykes. So I have a little bit more skepticism than most on how year one will fully play out. Now that and Coach Fickle's interim stint At Ohio State as a head coach, didn't go the greatest with a ton of talent on that team as well. So, none of that is to say he can't or won't succeed in year one or overall. I just think that many may be taking the hype as immediate certainty that the Badgers will be a double digit win team in year one. I'm just a little bit more skeptical on that, but a lot of potential with him. You move on over to the offensive coordinator. Bill Longo, first season with the Badgers as well, 14 years as an offensive coordinator. And that's one heck of a resume. But on top of that, he had a year with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Dawson Knox, Van Jefferson, all over at Ole Miss. And that shows you the passing game was no joke there. Then he goes on to UNC, and we see the success in all of his time working with both Sam Howell and then Drake May. Tanner Mordecai is set up for success in this offense, to say the least though I do have slight concerns for the offensive line in year one, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to talk about Mike Tressel, the defensive coordinator in his first season with the Badgers. Now, he comes over from Cincy with Coach Fickle, was the defensive coordinator for them in 2021 and 2022. He spent 2007 through 2020 With Michigan State in different capacities, but in 2022, he earned the AFCA Assistant Coach of the Year honors after coaching the Bearcats defense that ranked fifth in the nation in yards per play allowed. Now, the biggest thing that will be the question for him on the defensive side with the Badgers is does he have the right personnel to achieve success in the 3-3-5 from the jump? Because if you don't have the right players to fit that system, it can be complicated. It can have openings to be exploited. So we'll see if that is the case heading into 2023. But long-term, like I said, if he gets it how he wants it with the right personnel, the defense can be dangerous. Now, like I said, long-term, I think this staff will find great success and get Wisconsin back on track. That said, in 2023, I think there could be some hiccups along the way with the massive changes in systems for both offense and and defense, especially at the offensive line position. Like I'd said, the protect- protection priorities, the communication on the O-line from a run heavy team to an air raid type team. That can be vastly different on an offensive line's communication, on the protection responsibilities, on the instinct that they've already built in over the last few years. And you, it's not like you get to go 100% live, full pads, full tackles, and everything like that ever in fall camp. So You don't really see 100%, 110% real speed reps until you're actually playing on Saturdays. There's no true live bullets up until then in fall camp. So the offensive line will mainly have to adjust in those early weeks. Now, luckily, the schedule is a bit er, easier in the early weeks for them. But with mainly thud and wrap-up practices, it can make that communication bit more difficult. Now, let's talk about the impact transfers for Wisconsin. You've got Tanner Mordecai coming in at quarterback, C.J. Williams coming in at wide receiver, Jeff Petrowski coming in at edge from Michigan State. You've got another quarterback in Nick Evers coming in at quarterback from Ohio, Ohio, Oklahoma. Then you've got Will Paulding, Bryson Green, and Quincy Burroughs all transferring in that are wide receivers, two of them from Cincinnati following Coach Fickle. Jake Renfro, Joe Huber, both offensive linemen coming from Cincinnati, and then Jason Miter and Darian Varner. Now, I probably said both of their last names somewhat wrong. Regardless, a safety and a defensive lineman coming in from the portal, that's four wide receivers from the portal, three quarterbacks from the portal, and four Cincinnati players from the portal. It will be interesting to see who all plays significant snaps from that larger portal class. Now, when we break down the offense, you've got the quarterback Tanner Mordecai is the starter. He carries a lot of upside with him. We've already talked about that. He's already proven he can put up passing stats. He passed for over 3,500 yards in the last two seasons. Both of them, he passed for over that, plus over 30 touchdowns in each of the past two seasons. He had double-digit interceptions in both of those two seasons as well, so maybe some openings there for opposing defenses. He graded as a 76, 77.6 on PFF in 2020, 28 big-time throws to 13 turnover-worthy plays, and he has passed for over 300 yards 14 times in his career, Well, in his career as a starter over the past two years, and then he's also had over 400 yards twice. He should be very good quarterback for Longo's offense. And then you've got Nick Evers, the OU transfer, who looks like he's probably the future of the program, big time transfer, who has a ton of talent and potential, but for some reason didn't get any looks at Oklahoma when Dylan Gabriel went down with the injury. So we'll see if he can kind of get up to speed over this year watching Tanner Mordecai. You flip to the running backs. We've got Braylon Allen, and he is that guy. Plain and simple 1,242 rush yards and 11 touchdowns in 2022, 1,268 rush yards and 12 touchdowns in 2021. His receiving production tipped up from year to year from 39 yards to 104 yards. And this man is a mammoth when it comes to speed or size and stature. Six foot two, 240 pounds. NFL teams are going to love this kid. He'll probably be a force again this season and then you've got a steady backup in Ches Malusi at the running back two had 473 yards two touchdowns last season the real question is how much running game does Phil Longo incorporate into his offense in this upcoming season at UNC the leading rusher was QB Drake May so let's hope he still takes advantage of Braylon Allen Flipping to the wide receiver, their wide receiver is very interesting for Wisconsin. They obviously brought in a bunch of options via the portal. They have a number of returners as well, and that clearly shows the fully intent to lean into the passing game in Longo's system. Now his system was 67th in the run game last year, but it was 11th in passing offense. C.J. Williams has a lot of hype with his high school ranking and then having been in Lincoln Riley's system at USC. Now he didn't play there, but still that high school ranking has a lot of people excited. Then on top of that, you've got three leading receivers from last year coming in and she DK, I think I said his name wrong, Moving forward, chugging right through it, 689 yards, six touchdowns. Skylar Bell, 440 yards, five touchdowns. And Keontes Lewis, 313 yards, three touchdowns. All of them are back with the team. And then you've got the four transfers coming in. That's seven deep, and that doesn't even include the new classes of 2022 and 2023 with another four wide receivers adding to that room. So we'll see how it fully shakes out. Moving to the offensive line, Titman, the center stud is gone, but the other starters are back. Jack Nelson, a tackle, 73.1 PFF grade. Michael Fertney, guard, 67.2 PFF grade. Tanner Bort- Bortolini, Bortolini, guard, 74.3 PFF grade. And then Trey Weddig. PFF grade. Now, likely Renfro, the transfer from Cincinnati, will step in as the center. He was the center for Cincinnati in two of the last three years for the Bearcats. Now, you flip it to the defense, and that's a big question I have in 2023. When you look at the Badgers, they were 11th in in total defense, 9th in the run defense, 29th in pass defense, and 7th in scoring defense last year. But they have the Cincinnati Bearcats defensive coordinator. So I also took a look at their numbers. They were 29th in total defense, 72nd in run defense, 11th in pass defense, and 20th in scoring defense. The big difference is that the Bearcats were more susceptible to the run game and were stronger in the pass game, whereas the Badgers were better in the run game and more susceptible to the past. We'll see if that trend flips in 2023, but something to keep an eye on. Finally, the key starters that are coming back for the Badgers, they have seven starters back. Most of the starters graded out as average on PFF. And that being said, some of the starters in this new system, maybe that could lead to improvement. We'll see how they can adjust to the 3-3-5 system, but it's possible some of the starters that were mediocre in the old system could shine in the new one. Now, there were four starters of real note with four in leading tackles last year. Uh, the four leading tacklers, I should say Jordan Turner, who had 64 tackles, two sacks, and an in interception linebacker for him. CJ Goats, edge starter. He had 62 tackles, two sacks. Mama meta, is a linebacker starter best returner on defense 89.9 pff grade 95 tackles 53 solo three and a half sacks and one interception definitely the leader of this defense and then kamoai latu starter safety 56 tackles and two sacks all four of them were the leading tackle producers for the team last year then you've got rotis johnson james thompson junior ricardo hallman and daryl peterson all back who played big roles on the defense as well so the gophers will be aiming to make it three wins in a row versus wisconsin in 2023 can they keep that run going and keep the x home we're going to talk about the make or break for 2023 matchup coming up next first let's talk to you about our friend friends over at FanDuel. football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long Because right now, when you bet on the Super Bowl winner, you get a bonus bet of every time they win in the regular season. Now, that's one heck of a deal if you ask me. And all you have to do is pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. Now, you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash college to start earning bets. Bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel.com slash on. All right, we're wrapping this one up with the make or break. So the Gophers have won the axe back-to-back years now looking for a three-peat. And at yesterday's practice, I even sent Ryan Herrings, the host of Locked On Badgers, a picture of the axe in its trophy case in case he forgot what it looked like. But in all seriousness, this is the last game of the regular season. So the new coach, new system, still getting a feel, reasonings will all be gone for both fan bases. The Gophers need to prepare for Wisconsin that week like they're a juggernaut, not like they have completely new coaching staff and are building. So that outlook might be different if they were playing in week three, but they're not. They're playing in week 13. The make or break as it stands now is changing the picture on Tanner Mordecai and hopefully forcing turnovers and errors for the extra possessions. Braylon Allen is a beast. He's probably going to get his. Now, he hasn't had much success against the Gophers because last year he didn't play. And the year prior to that, he had 47 yards on 17 carries. But regardless, Allen will get his. And we know Longo's offense likes to pass the ball. So Tanner Mordecai, even through all of his success over the past two seasons at SMU, has had struggles with turnovers in games, especially Power 5 games, and ranked opponents. In 2022, he played Maryland, two interceptions. TCU, two interceptions. On top of that, he played a ranked Tulane, two interceptions. And then you look at 2021, the only real opponent he played that was Power 5 was TCU who had three interceptions in that game. So the spring game that many like to bring up, he also had four interceptions against his Badgers defense. So there is an opportunity to capitalize on with the versatility of the Nickelback and the linebackers in the Gophers defense and how they use them to manipulate the field and change the picture, how they bring Devin Williams in for different passing coverages and blitzing looks. So you don't know which one he's doing. Jack Henderson, often moving around the field as well. If you change the picture and make it so you don't know where the pressure is coming from, hopefully that will push Tanner Mordecai into more opportunities to turn the ball over. That's what we've been seeing in early spring and early fall camps. So hopefully we'll see more of that to present problems in that department. That is my make or break for the Badgers. If they can cause chaos and create turnovers, they should find themselves with good opportunities to keep the X. If they can't slow them down, things become a lot more difficult. Now, the strengths for the Badgers include a head coach with playoff experience, an all-caliber Big Ten running back, and then on top of that, returning a quarterback who seems to have higher potential, higher upside in the passing game paired with an offense that utilizes that. The weaknesses, in my opinion, are fickle and has had his team over the last few years be some of the most penalized teams in college football, so that could be something hopefully the Gophers can capitalize on complete system changes on offense and defense could lead to some errors in the earlier parts of the year. And then unknown defensive personnel, will they be ready to run the three-three-five system to its full extent? That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked on Golden Gophers. Tomorrow, we're talking all Gophers, and you're going to want to be there. Row the boat, Mock, go Gophers. I will see you tomorrow, and don't forget to subscribe